episode 19 of WTF Anime, the show where there is no excuse for drunkenness. I am as ever your host Joe, and joining me as ever is Travis. This show is an entire reason for drunkenness. Joe, it's what we do, we drink and we talk about bullshit. I know, I was like making a goof because that's what I do in the openings, like I tie it back to the episode we watched, and, like pull a quote, but sometimes like... I'm just saying, don't, sh- don't shit on our premise, man. This is a drinking podcast that has an- anime tangentially. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Hey, so drinking with us, we have a guest. We do. <gasps> dun dun dun. We would like to welcome the new member of the WTF anime family, who is sound engineer wizard. Aficionado. aficionado. I, I think we covered aficionado previously. I've heard Mr. Wizard. That's what I got out of this. You are Mr. Wizard. Oh, okay. I loved your show right. growing up. Uh, you know what? I loved my show growing up, too. <laughs> and I have no idea what you're referencing. So, hi, Ben. Welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Well, I mean, I'm here. You're over there. But we're we're together in spirit. <laughs> I love that we let it die. Sound. That's the best. <laughs> Great, guys. Thanks for leaving me hanging here today. Uh, Don't worry. There's more opportunities. The show is young. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to be able to uh, kind of help bring the uh, the the. I don't want to say quality because you guys have been churning out some really awesome episodes. I've been able to keep. Uh, keep track pretty strong here but uh a little clarity if you will to the uh uh recordings here are you sure you're thinking of the right podcast (laughs) you know what i am although wait shit are you david mitchell yes okay then yeah yeah we're good we're good here (laughs) (laughs) and i am mark Harmon. Oh, oh, Mark! I may need to talk to you after the show. <laughs> uh, anyways, we should probably at least let people know what we're watching today. So, what are we watching? Is this my line? <laughs> yes, Ben. If you if you'd like to t- if you'd like to take this. <laughs> all right, all right. So today we are watching Bacano. It is a. Uh, Confusing but beautiful disaster piece that uh, has always been particularly, I've been particularly fond of. Uh, so, Joe, do you want to uh, want to leap us in here? I mean, sure. Uh, Bacano episode four this time, unless someone watched the wrong episode, which nope. wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> totally, totally watched number four. <laughs> Uh, Bakano is one of those uh, anime that has been adapted from a light novel, so the pacing is sometimes very different to traditional anime that's kind of taken from a manga, uh, and also it is done by uh, Norogo Narita, who has done a ton of really good shit. <laughs> and actually, the, the pacing is one of the most interesting things about this particular anime, Simply because, much like Quentin Tarantino, you may be leapt into anything at any given point in time. It's just like, here, have fun. Try to figure this out, fucko. 
the pacing was like the one point that I've got written down here uh, that was my critique because I only got to watch the one episode. This is my window <laughs> into this world and the pacing felt very off. I'm looking for a self-contained thing and, and it's like, okay, now we should wrap up one of these stories. Wait, no, no, we're not going to do any of that by the end of this episode. We're just going to roll credits. Eat a dick. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, the, the time hops are super interesting. Uh, they usually stay around the 1930s to uh, 1931, although occasionally, or at least at one point, they do go back to the 1500s. Is oh, it 1500s? Right. Okay. It's somewhere along those Yeah, lines. it's like 1540 or some shit like that. But that is not this episode. <laughs> that is not. This one actually... Uh, I know the reason that Ben chose it from the <laughs> character that shows up, uh, but this was actually a pretty good episode. Like, it stays within two timelines and just like switches back uh, just a little bit, and we have a little overlap of different characters. Yeah, in fact, I will say that I picked this episode in particular because it is one of the most straightforward episodes in this regard it actually sticks through through one timeline for the most time out of any of them and in fact i will even go so far as to say it's okay travis because even from episode one you're just like thrown into this like a curveball uh, so th that feeling that you're feeling not really gonna go away <laughs> okay fair enough uh, I do have a couple of questions, as I've only seen this one episode. Is this wholly like a, a, a gangster kind of piece uh, that does some weird time hopping to tell parts of the story? Or am I just getting this little window where it's all 1930s gangsters? Which, by the way, I love. It is all... It's all pretty much gangsters. There's like a few characters that aren't gangsters, but... Okay. This actually does have a lot of the stuff that's uh, kind of stays throughout the, most of the series. There's a supernatural element to it as well, right. which we get a little bit, a little hint of that in the episode, and we'll talk about that later because that's not till later in the episode. <laughs> uh, the first thing that I want to point out actually um, is the opening credits, the uh, Guns and Roses by Paradise Lunch. Uh, Paradise Lunch. It, it, caught, the, uh, it caught my eyes that the na name of the song was Guns and Roses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's very kind of like Cowboy Bebop, but it doesn't really feel it feels standalone-ish. Like it, they didn't rip it off just blatantly, you know? The best thing I can say for the opening, the music is great and definitely suits the kind of frenetic feel the rest of the anime has. The best thing it has going for it is the images you get are, here are all the characters and here are all the names. Just so, going forward, like, each time you watch the episode after, like, what the fuck with time skips and fuck, you can, like, track back to saying, oh, that's that character, that's that character. And also they do, like, a previously on, which isn't, like... Here are random things thrown in that happened in the last episode. It's all little items that they've taken out of the previous episodes that are pertinent to this episode. Yes. 
Yeah, and it's kind of beautiful, too, because it they managed to do it in such a brief amount of time. Like, especially if you're binge-watching this particular anime, I get really annoyed with some of the previously on, at, where it just runs on for, like, two minutes of the 24-minute runtime. So this mm. is, like, a really nice succinct, here's 15 seconds now, run along. Okay, so, another thing, uh... And this is just a convention of anime, and I know it is, but it still annoys the hell out of me. And <laughs> we're going through all these characters, and they're naming them off. And you've got, like, Isaac and Mira. And, and I'm like, okay, normal names. Okay, I, I, I can follow this. And then all of a sudden we get fucking Jacuzzi. <laughs> really? What did you just... Jacuzzi <laughs> <laughs> Did you just run out of American names or or, or semi English sounding names that uh, that that you could think of, and you're just like, "Fuck it, what's out my window?" <laughs> hey, there's my jacuzzi. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, it does kind of feel like someone just like hit him with a frying pan. It's like, and jacuzzi. Oh, okay, there we go. That's it. I think the reason it's jacuzzi is because it is an English word, but also it has the kind of pseudo italian sounding name to it like it has the it ends in the uh a vowel yeah it ends in the vowel and has that kind of if you say it in italian accent which i'm not going to attempt because i think we have a listener in italy if we don't that's fine i'll just go hey jacuzzi um (laughs) it has that kind of lilting thing that sets to it and i think the japanese writer is just like that sounds good said in italian accent We'll call him Jacuzzi Splot. Yep. (laughs) So what we've determined is Japan doesn't know what names is. (laughs) I'm sure there's a kid out there called Jacuzzi. And he has the worst parents. (laughs) Right? They are garbage people. Run away as soon as you can. If you're listening, little Jacuzzi, you run and you never look back. (laughs) Someone out there cares about you. It's okay. Also, your conception story, I'm so sorry, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think with the opening, there's another thing I really want to note, and that is the art style. Okay. It's like really different to a lot of anime. It looks very non-traditional, at least mm. in the way they kind of draw characters like faces and eyes and stuff. It doesn't look like anime. You know, uh, it almost, and I don't know if either one of you know a lot of comic books, it had a very, the opening sequence had a very stray bullets um, mm. feel to it, if you know that yeah, comic at all. That. Yeah, it, uh, it was good stuff. I do not mind that. Awesome. So, anything else to talk about the opening before we uh, get into the actual plot of the episode? The only thing that I'll note is that uh, there's a section on my notes here that says, credits have a character listing for people like Travis. (laughs) 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 But no, pretty much that's it. (laughs) Thanks, Ben. Also, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Just so we can make fun of the name Jacuzzi. <laughs> Just makes me angry, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> and this pleases me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let, let, let's roll on this plot, man. Uh, we open up on a train. 
uh, particularly with somebody that is very clearly mad right from the get-go, skipping down the hall as you hear gunshots in the distance. Yep, so this is our introduction, uh, at least in this episode, to Lad Russo, the best character in Bacchano. Um, You know what? I've only seen this one episode, but I'm totally going to back you on that. (laughs) This guy is 1930s The Joker. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, he is pretty much my spirit animal, I must say. Uh, And I think I gave the instruction to uh, Travis to watch the English dub. Um, Ben, have you ever seen the Japanese? You know what? I actually, uh, for this particular episode, because I wanted to see how well the dub did with the subtitles, I actually switched between the two. Hmm. So the the dub, I gotta say, is pretty on point. They have to stretch a lot of the dialogue simply to match the animation, but it's not it's not torturous. Like, you don't have 15-minute expositions just so that the Japanese can get through with, yes, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, see, and the thing is, I think that if you're going to choose to watch this one, English dub works a little better anyways. Just because Mm -hmm. English voice voice actors will do accents that are not Japanese, unlike Japanese Mm -hmm. voice actors, which say, I'm going to do a Japanese for this Italian. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's literally, I don't give a fuck about Italian. <laughs> Dirty gaijin. <laughs> but we would be gaijin. Oh, we totally are. Mm. I am the gaijinist. <laughs> sure. Didn't know it was an award. I've but... got I've got myself a gaijin and tonic right here. Oh! <laughs> you clever bastard. You usually scold me for that kind of thing. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we have Lad Russo talking about uh, all of the gunshots going off and just wondering, oh, there's guns in there. Oh, machine guns as well. I wonder where they got shot. I can't wait to find out. It's going to be fun. I bet there's going to be blood. Yeah. <laughs> you, can literal- you can literally see his joy boner happening, basically, as he's <laughs> skipping down the hall. Yeah. Danger, danger, <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's a shame he. From what I, from stuff I've watched, he doesn't appear often, uh, unless you've seen a terrible Nicolas Cage movie where he plays a Texas cop. Uh, but Brian Massey <laughs> does not get enough work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. I also have to point out that after, pretty much, I think directly after the skipping scene, it cuts to the title, which is. The most beautiful episode title I've ever seen, which is Lad Russo enjoys talking a lot and slaughtering a lot. <laughs> the same guy that named somebody Jacuzzi named this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's when we cut into uh, 10 hours earlier. Yeah. Yep. That sounds about right. And it is the uh, the boss of the Russo family chewing out some of his goons for getting attacked by a couple dressed as baseball players. And then also having been... had some shipment go wrong or some assassination attempt go wrong because they were all exploded. Yeah. <laughs> now, I have to make a, a quick point about the mob boss um, at the scene. That is clearly based off, and I can't think of the name of the character actor, but he always plays, like, uh, 
mob boss or or uh, boss to to a gang of thugs. He was uh, he was in Dick Tracy. I'm trying to think of other movies he's been. Oh, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is 100. percent I guarantee you, that's where they base that because that's ex- it's a spitting image for the guy. Yeah, he kind of reminded me a little bit of. Uh there was this Humphrey Bogart movie called To Have or Have Not, where Humphrey Bogart is playing like a, uh, a ship captain, and they get trapped in a hotel during a hurricane. And a lot of the dialogue has that kind of, yeah, I'm from Chicago. What do you want from me? <laughs> I'm from Chicago, see? Ah, take it down to a speakers. Yeah, like everyone in this episode pretty much talks like James Cagney. <laughs> The world would be a better place if we could just make that happen all over. I'd love it. <laughs> Please. It's Little Caesar world now. <laughs> <laughs> so I timed it, and pretty much five minutes into the episode, after the mob boss is pretty much chewing out the his two little red shirts, Lag comes in and does this beautiful exposition about how he lost some of his precious money and kills two people. Just, mm-hmm. just, just chokes out this poor little bastard and then cuts the other one's throat. In true anime fashion, the blood spurts like a fountain. And it just made me think, you know, life insurance premiums in this gang are rough. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you have a psychopath... Uh, literally stationed at the house you work out of. Yeah, I can kind of see that. <laughs> right. I mean, again, this is this is 1930s gangster Joker. So, mm-hmm. what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Lad has a plan to basically hijack a transcontinental train, the Flying Pussyfoot, uh, and basically take a load of money and kill a load of people because why not? He's lad. He can do these kind of things. Right. <laughs> you get your money. I get to slaughter a whole bunch. Uh, it's, it's a win-win. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and uh, also it must be noted that uh, at this point, well, actually, um, yeah, a little bit later on, like lad Russo's gang comes in. And apparently every uh, madman is just automatically issued a gang when they want to do something like murder a train full of people. So, you know, it it makes me wonder not only what these guys had to do to be in his good graces enough to join up with this guy, but also simply how did they survive being around him? I'm pretty sure the uh, the qualifications to be a part of Lad Russo's gang is just to survive while being around him, <laughs> right? Which which actually is pretty easy from what we see. Like you just make him laugh, and you basically don't call him a nut job and say like, "Yeah, we really enjoy killing. That's my favorite <laughs> thing to do." And then you think, where does Lueth fit in all of this? <laughs> Yeah, because that is like a, a textbook, an example of like an enabling submissive. Mm. Oh, she, she's she's <laughs> Stockholm girl all the way. She's, yeah, she's yeah, less absolutely. fun Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
those those are his friends that really like his idea, and they're all decked out in suave white suits. Right, because... they're going to Puffy's party after they rob the train. <laughs> <laughs> we need some crystal. <laughs> and also because it would make the blood look so pretty. <laughs> mm, mm, which I know that feeling. Boy, do oh, I yeah. know that feeling. Yeah, if you want to murder I mean, some uh, fools, you better look good. For the record, any police department listening, I do not know that feeling. I assure you. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Look, I've talked to Ben for five minutes. He's murdered some people in his life. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, see, he admitted it. Anyways, back to the plot. (laughs) Yeah. I think before we really kind of go back into like train sequence, uh, we learn a little about a little bit about Lad's favorite type of person to kill, which is. He doesn't really care if they're weak or strong as long as they don't see it coming. Uh, that's his favorite type of person to kill. Uh, it seems like the best kind later. because then they don't fight back. <laughs> <laughs> and it also must be pointed out that we learn this while he's holding a shotgun at his uncle. To the yeah, to the head of his uncle said prior crime boss. Mhm. <laughs> Because Lad gives zero shits. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the Russo gang's top assassin. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of fucking rad assassins in Barkana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so where do we go from there, guys? So at this point, I, I'm pretty sure that we find out that Lad's a boxing enthusiast, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it cuts back to the, the train car where we've got... Two guys in black suits holding Tommy guns. They've gunned down... Uh, it was one of Lad's gang, wasn't it? Yeah, one of the guys in the white suits. Yeah. And so he's trying to do the, the you know, talk him down kind of thing as they're pointing guns and telling him to stay right where he is. And we get to see Lad do what he does. <laughs> <laughs> and it's beautiful. It is. Oh, it, so good. He takes out a couple of guys, and then, as you were saying, he's a boxing enthusiast. He, he literally tips his his hands on how uh, how psychotic he is as he's having a conversation while beating a man to death. <laughs> <laughs> just, while just... I must I must point out that while he's like sticking the jab and like pressing this guy back, he steps on the body of his dead friend right. In the eye. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Footwork, yo. It's a thing in boxing. <laughs> yeah, so he's just beating the shit out of this guy, quizzing him on uh, on people in 1930s boxing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've got to... For, so for not being able to figure out that jacuzzi is a thing rather than a person, someone did their homework on boxers. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the reason I wanted to watch the Japanese because I was curious to see like what names of boxes they throw in, but I didn't because the English dub is way better. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But no, it's it's. You really do need point. the accents to sell it to to give it the the full full nineteen thirties set piece feel. 
It's like watching Black Butler. If they don't have English accents, they they do it. You're watching it wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll talk about that sometime. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Or we already have talked about it. Hmm. Uh-huh. That's podcast magic, ladies and gentlemen. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he basically like gets this guy against the wall, and uh, the guy he's beating up talks about you'll never stop, Master Huey. He's like immortal and shit. Uh, and then Lant proceeds to make sausage out of his face. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> especially considering that the direct quote is especially. When I squish your brains between my fingers like I'm making sausage. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is an 18 rated anime, so I do love that they kind of they do this whole censorship. Uh, they frame the shot like they're censoring this guy's messed up face, and then he slumps <laughs> over, and then it's just like purple and bleeding everywhere. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The like the skull is literally dented. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a few of lads guys come in and they're like, "Hey, what did you do?" And it's just like, eh, "I killed some people." Uh, and then we see another character or a group of characters that have been kind of prominent in the first few episodes. We have Senator Barium's wife and daughter, and also Cheslaw, who they kind of like. Lad has a quick conversation just saying, hey, I'll kill you later. Uh, and then Cheslaw remarks that I'm going to be able to use these guys for goals and stuff. And because this is the only episode that Travis watched, he doesn't know who Cheslaw is. I sure don't. <laughs> Nor do I care. <laughs> You'll care when you get shot in the face. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a, just a slight... Uh... Spoiler alert there, although... I like how you announce that it's spoilers after you do it, though. That's real good. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a classy move right there. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it, they're going to have any understanding of why. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, we have, we've already had the best character uh, do his thing. So I mean, let's go home then. Yeah, we're like, done now. Why, just, do, why just don't turn we it off. cut the episode? That's it. Like, <laughs> let's just well, watch. Russo there's a little bit of uh, exposition following. Uh, so particularly because these are the two of my, shall I say, second best characters. Like mm-hmm. Isaac and Miriam are the best, really. Any character voiced by J. Michael Tatum will always get high in my books. So, Isaac and Miriam, yes, they are up there with the best characters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they are... How, how would you describe Isaac and Miriam? Uh, um, so I had this in my head like five seconds ago when I thought you were going to ask me this question, and now I'm just stalling. But they're <laughs> basically... Uh, they're the Bonnie and Clyde, but in 1930s garb, and just, they dress up to do crimes? <laughs> See, now, my my impression of them was that, yes, they've done crimes, but everything they know about committing crimes 
was uh, garnered from How to Rob a Bank for Dummies. Yes. Okay, so for that point, uh, there is a moment in an episode earlier where they commit a crime to stop people from getting into a museum, so they steal the doors to the museum so no one can get in. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Okay, so I nailed it right off the bat. Pretty Pretty much, much, yeah. It's basically Bonnie and Clyde with just a slight hint of Benny Hill. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh, man. But there was no yakety sax. I need the yakety sax, or it doesn't work for me. Look, the soundtrack is great and does have a very good comedy theme when they're doing things. It's yeah. no yakety sax, but I Nothing feel like I need to point out that the soundtrack is great. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> shall we say, an homage? Mm, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, so what happens? They rock up to a hat store, which Fero and Miser are just leaving, which we don't learn anything about them in this episode, so let's move on past it. Uh, <laughs> and they basically are just looking for new disguises, because all of their crimes, they have to wear disguises. <laughs> because, obviously, so long as they disguise everything but their face, they're going to get away scot-free. That's how that works. Yep. It's a proven fact. I mean, it's worked 87 times before. <laughs> so, cue what is a, a, a tried and true thing. The let's try try things on montage. We, we get the, the quick hat wearing montage. <laughs> and in that montage, there is about a half a second of just pure, for lack of a better term, racism, where... <laughs> Isaac goes ahead and throws on a Native American headdress, and then you have a half second of him raising his hand to his mouth as though he were about to do a certain high-pitched, vacillating sound, and then cut. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I want to know where where the fuck you find a, a hat shop where they've got, like, samurai helmets and... Indian headdresses, along with things like bowlers and top hats. It's a good-ass hat shop. It is. And it's run by my second favorite character of the episode. Grumpy old man who doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) You know what? That somehow does not surprise me at all. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Lad is 100% tops, but grumpy old man that doesn't give a fuck and just wants to read his newspaper... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I guess we should describe uh, why I even noticed him. Because there's like a dialogue between Isaac and, and Miriam for about, what, three three minutes almost? Where they're basically just threatening the old man as he's counting the cash for the hats. Yep. <laughs> and no reaction, deadpan, just counting the money. Yeah, if if he squeals to the police, we'll we'll what Wait, will we what, do? What will we do? We could poke him in the face. Yeah, that sounds tough. <laughs> <laughs> the worst, you guys. They're the worst. <laughs> I mean, frankly, the fact that they are not in bars right now is a travesty. Bars, they should be dead. <laughs> <laughs> So 
So they escape the howling old man who can apparently read their thoughts with a simple glance after he gives them their change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like after the whole tough guy thing that once they get out of the store, they're pretty much like, oh my god, we actually survived that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it it was a little a little bit of a Scooby Doo moment there. <laughs> yeah. So then they're talking they're talking about the uh, previous crimes that they've committed and how they're just going to pull one more in New York and then they'll live like Arabian princesses <laughs> down in the shores of Miami. And I think my my favorite part in this whole section is at one point uh, Miriam's questioning if they should if they should do another job, and he asks how many jobs they've done, and he goes, well, how many times have you been in danger? It actually is the same number of times. It's like 86 jobs. 87, yeah. 87 jobs, 87 times in danger. He's like, that's less than 100. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly my point. It's still less than 100. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) You're correct. That is less than 100. (laughs) And then they proceed to dance into the middle of the road. <laughs> My point again, why are they not dead yet? How? <laughs> what divine forces are looking out for the two idiot criminals? It really is one of those, like, um, there, there's a literary reference that I had come up with earlier, but it's one of those things where they are so bumbling that somehow they're genius. Hmm. <laughs> they inspected their uh, they inspector gadget their way through life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or like uh Mr. Magoo is a is a good uh mm. comp comparison. Gadget and Magoo, bank robbers. <laughs> I would watch that. Oh man. I really would. Yeah. Can we stop this and watch that? <laughs> I mean it's a shame that Don Adams is no longer with us, so I guess, like, Maurice LaMarche voices all the characters in that. Mm. <laughs> wow, also deep cut there, Joe. Well done. Thank you. That's the one thing I know is voice actors. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that, is, that is beyond me. The guy that does the voice. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, send their hit by a car back to the plot. <laughs> yeah. So out, out of out of their revelry because they get hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And just chilling in the car is uh Zillard Quates and Ennis. Oh sweet baby Ennis. Oh Ennis. Fruit of someone's loins. She's fruit of no one's loins. <laughs> That's the entire point about her. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. I mean, no, she's she's not a uh, alchemist construct. You're right. No. She is real human. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we go into the inside of the car where we have a dialogue between the two. Uh, he's asking if, well. Actually, is he telling her to uh, get out and check them out? But then they stand up and start bitching from the back yeah, of the yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, they seem fine. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand the youth of today. Yeah. 
And then we get probably the most heavy-handed, like, <laughs> 200-year-old <laughs> reference. As like, we get it. You're, you're old and shit. It's fine. We get it. You're immortal. Fine. <laughs> I don't understand the youth of 200 years ago. <sighs> we know. You keep putting out the same newsletter. We don't care anymore. <laughs> like your Christmas newsletter is exactly the same as it was since I met you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think, do we just go straight to the old man's club, or is there something else? Uh, we have a very brief moment of lad planning slaughter. Uh, that's, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and he's basically like, they have better guns. We don't have as good as guns, so we're going to kill at least two apiece. Yeah, we should all split up and look for clues. I mean, murder them. <laughs> Murderous clues. We need to find the clues in their blood. <laughs> and then after that, we pretty much cut back to Ennis and the old dude whose name, admittedly, I didn't have time to write down. Who Zillard are Quates. Right. Who are about to meet their Scientology book club or... Immortals in training, or whatever. Yep. So, um, Zillard just dances a bit on top of the floor, uh, and then gets led into his weird, creepy old man society. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, I figured it was a Nambla meeting. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I can see how you got there. <laughs> Yeah, and then we get some names thrown out. Uh, Mr. Barnes, who we as people who have seen more episodes, Ben and I, know as the guy who is working on the Grand Panacea. Right. Uh, and some other guy who's dead, so who gives a shit? And he yeah, was like, Sturgeon, who living. is pretty much a scrub, like, eh, he's dead, whatever. And again, we, we're still kind of getting this, like, yes, Zillacoitz has been alive for a long time. <laughs> yep, and uh, he gives him. Uh, he gives a little villain monologue, you know. The <laughs> so and so was dead. Um, if only he could live a year more, he could have lived to see it. And talking about the the grand panacea and how they've perfected it, and yada yada yada. <laughs> and uh, he orders Ennis to go and find uh, uh, Mister Barnes and the finished elixir. He does indeed, and gives specific instructions to kill him if he's drank any or has altered it in any way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then this is just like, cool, guess I'm going to go do that. I have free will. I am a human. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> And uh, then I guess at that point, the only thing that I really cut to in my notes is we had a flashback. Oh, yeah, that's right. So Mr. Bad Guy is also telling Ennis that uh, someone was looking for him. Oh, yeah, after he devours a person. That's right. Yeah, we, we very brutal very nearly overlooked him basically holding out his hand and sucking up a person. Does he devour anyone this episode? I didn't think he uh, did. I'm pretty sure it's uh, this episode. Nope. 
This may be an oh oh. This may be an edit for the podcast. Great. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> that is not a thing. I think the scene we get after that is um, uh, the daily days. Uh, they're just sending off uh, Eve Genoard and her servants, and they're just like, "Ooh, glad we didn't have to tell her about Dallas." Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yep, uh, that that's actually, as I recall it, where we went. Uh, yeah. didn't It didn't really strike me as anything, because I didn't know any of those characters, and they just came in at the end here. Yeah, so, so for Travis, the Daily Days is, first off, a newspaper, and secondly, basically an information broker. Okay. Uh, a heavily armed one, at that. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and Eve Genoard is trying to find out what happened to her brother, who, after a little bit of conversation about things being kept secret from people even inside the Daily Days, we cut to Dallas Genoard beating the shit out of Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a little discussion about who tripped who, slash who kicked who, and who called them useless young'uns and such. Yep. Long story short, though, is he gets his ass knocked to the ground, and... That uh, box o elixir breaks open, and they go, "Hey, is that booze?" Yep. Uh, and then we cut to a flaming house. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, where Ennis is basically chilling out and being like, "Oh shit, that's a flaming house!" And then she bumps into Fira Procineso, and they have a small thing, and Fira finds a button. <laughs> Little meat cute. Yeah, yeah, just just a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> Look, they're not the best couple in Bacano. No, no. Because that goes to Chane and the character we finished the episode on. Right, yes, yes. So we cut back into the Flying Pussyfoot. There's, like, people hanging out in a dining car... And then a blood-red figure with glowing eyes, like, leaves a bloody handprint on the side of the window, and then disappears into the night. And then we get, what ne what's next on Bacano? And then we have the ending, which is, in very stark contrast to the opening, just kind of unremarkable. Yeah, it's just some usual slow jam bullshit. But yeah, it's pretty much, uh, and the silhouette that we get is pretty much Shimigami from Death Note and then gone. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then really, that was, that was Bacano. Yeah. Uh, the way that ended, like I said, it made the pacing feel very wrong. I'm used to our standard setups where they're, they're trying to at least resolve one storyline before beginning another, um, or resolving something in an issue or episode, <laughs> and... We got none of that here. Yeah, so generally speaking, the way that these episodes go, there will be some resolution somewhere along the line. Oh, but, I'm sure. Uh, but they're they're cut so quick together. Like, basically, it feels like they did the David Bowie lyric technique where they just <laughs> cut out a bunch and then just threw them together. <laughs> How dare. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, it does almost feel like a Tarantino movie, like yeah. with the way they kind of jump around with time 
shenanigans and stuff. He does like telling ten stories that kind of converge at one point. So yeah, exactly. I can see that. Exactly. Um, and also you can kind of see that the pacing of the episode itself, like changes a lot because there's some long stretches of stuff happening and then cut cutaways to things but then there's also like this rapid fire piece at the end uh, and i think that is kind of based off the pacing of a novel rather than a manga yeah so it's kind of interesting that. to see the two mediums uh the other one that um that i mainly think of because it's by the same creator is uh da which doesn't have the same cutting through time but it does have a very similar frenetic pacing but also mix up with just kind of conversations and it does kind of shift and change and i think it's just kind of the nature of light novels as opposed to long drawn out things like uh manga usually is gotcha yeah because this show in particular is just lousy with characters the amount of the amount of people (laughs) they throw at you is just obscene really Hmm. Yep. Uh, I would agree. I, I knew that right from the... Well, it kind of gives you a fair warning right in the opening. When they start listing cast members, you go, oh, yeah, there's a lot of those. Yep. And then they decide to throw more in. Yeah, you're basically looking at a Shakespearean play in anime form, basically, with character <laughs> count. Yeah, I would say... Um. Honestly, all in all, I did not mind this. The pacing threw me off a little bit, and Jacuzzi pisses me off, just the naming convention. <laughs> he wasn't in the episode. <laughs> Don't you give a, a fuck. You wanted poster of him. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's literally the only scene where Jacuzzi pops up in this. Yep. Don't care. The, the character <laughs> might be amazing. I'm just pissed off at the name, okay? He- he is. He's a fucking great character. <laughs> he is a really beautiful premise for, uh, you know, anime has this tendency to show people as either, like, super crazy or, uh, like... Oh, like Lad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, like, overpowered. Jacuzzi is a really beautiful separation from that. If I had to make a comparison, he's almost like the far stronger Krillin of this series where like Krillin in DBZ is basically useless. We all acknowledge that. I've seen team four star enough to know that. But, no, uh, Krillin <laughs> is the most powerful human alive. <laughs> the only Which problem does... is that he's not fighting on a scale versus humans. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So by comparison, Jacuzzi actually has the clout and the kind of, uh, the kind of wherewithal to get things done. He has the ability to basically kill everyone ever, but yeah. he doesn't want to. <laughs> he just wants and to eke out a shitty life bake, uh, bootlegging booze, but he could <laughs> kill everyone. <laughs> and be terrified while doing it. Yes. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's good to have options. You know? It's yeah. good to have options. Definitely. So, so Travis, Travis didn't mind this episode. Uh, ben, did this do anything on the rewatch for you, or is it just kind of confirming the fact that this is an amazing show? Uh, yeah, you know, I had first seen this maybe three years ago, and it kind of it, it hit a very special chord with me. So I was totally willing to go through the rewatch, and it 
absolutely confirmed everything. The I kind of like the fact that some storylines get resolved and then some by the end of the series just go by the wayside. Like you never see them again. Mm-hmm. You, you have no idea how the hell any of this ends. And that's okay because I kind of got thrown into the series like that. So it kind of, it, it feels comfortable having seen the entire series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what about you, Joe? When you uh, actually went through the rewatch, because it's been a little bit since you've seen it too, right? It's been a couple years. Um, I didn't really pick up on anything new. Like, there wasn't any great new depths that this episode, like, provided me from, like, insight into the story. It was just fun to go back and watch it. I've not had a reason to rewatch this series, and I have it on DVD, so it's just like... At any time, I could have gone back, but I never really had a reason. Now mm. I kind of really just want to rewatch stuff with Claire. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's really it. it. What I got out of this episode is I need to rewatch the entire series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Admittedly, since I haven't been able to resume my uh, binging, but that's going to change very shortly, I think. Mm. And there you have it. Although I do think that does leave the question, Travis, would you watch more of this? If I ever could find the time. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd watch more of this. Okay. That's that's all we can ask for at this point. Like, the only shows that Travis has committed to watching all of is, like, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Mage and Mon Musu, so, you know, <laughs> he's got a pretty heavy schedule. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Hey now, Miss um, Kobayashi's Dragon stuff? Maid was was pretty uh, pretty legit. I liked that, <laughs> <laughs> and I shouldn't have. It it broke the mold. I don't understand. It's breaking me. You're breaking me, Joe. <laughs> well, that's that's what I'm here for. Hey, speaking of breaking Travis, oh. Ben. Uh, well, Travis can do the intro, but uh, sure. it's time for Ben to tell us what we're watching next time. Next time on WTF Anime. <laughs> so next time we will be visiting, I don't know the Japanese title for this. All I know is the English one, but it is the series When They Cry. Uh, it's Higarashi something no Connor. <laughs> oh, wow. Joe didn't actually know the full title this time around. It's something is, like that. Is this a story about an emo band? Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, when you see it, I, I'm, I'm so looking forward to that episode because you will... You will either no, no, don't be... tell me what I will. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, all right. What, yeah, what episode we'll... are we watching, Ben? I think you know the episode that we're going to be watching. It's either going to be the knife one... Well, no, you need to tell the audience what we're watching so they can watch along with us. So what number episode are we watching, Ben? Or did you not do your prep? Uh Uh-oh. So uh, this will be fixed in post. (laughs) No, no, it won't. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, hang on, hang on. I I can salvage this. Oh, God. 
Oh, we'll edit Ben to sound like a genius. Oh, you'll not hear that in the preamble, but that's what Ben said. He is going to edit himself to sound like a genius. Oh, God damn. That is a direct quote. Yes, I will verify and back Joe on this. <laughs> oh, no, no. Hang on. I got this. I got this. I'm not. I promise that I'm not looking up Wikipedia frenetically. It's fine. I got the Japanese title wrong anyway. It's Higarashi no Naku Korani. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh crap! Which one? Noob. Oh no. So Travis, how was how was your day? Oh, I hate you all. um, (laughs) It's pretty good. Till this one part where this jackass made me wait around for a bunch of oh, you time for, for an episode. Oh, wow. even after I did this like really sweet like intro form and everything, and then mm-hmm. he just just fucked it up. He ruined the magic. <laughs> episode twenty. Episode twenty. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, uh, okay. is that your pick final up. answer? Yes. Okay. So pick up. Uh, next time we will be watching when they cry. Episode twenty. <laughs> what do you mean pick up we're leaving all of that in oh I hate oh. you so much <laughs> <laughs> excellent uh, Higarashi. I have fond memories of this series oh, yes. and I'm sure Travis will love it <laughs> I'm sure everything you just said was bullshit <laughs> I guess we'll find out Next time. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, I think we can go to business. Um, Yeah, I guess I'll I'll start us off. Um, If you would like to contact the show uh, and say how much Ben was terrible um, at trying to come up with an episode for us to watch and how every other guest before us has been prepared... Uh, you can hashtag Soundman by... is garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can start off by contacting us at WTF Anime Show on Twitter. And hey, uh, this is a guest episode, and we have plenty of other spaces for guests to come in and do some episodes. We have a few in the pipeline right now that I'm super excited about. Um, but if you would like to offer your services as a guest, you can hit us up. Uh, by emailing wtfanimeshow at gmail.com. And I am always accessible by Twitter at the Joe Hadfield. Travis, where can they find you? All right. Uh, if you want to talk to me on the Twitters, I am at Dice Lobber. And don't forget, guys, the new hashtag, Soundman is garbage. <laughs> Speaking of that sound man. Yeah, our garbage sound man. Um, first, where can they find you on Twitter? And second, pimp the thing I really want you to pimp. Oh God, I have so many things to pimp. Okay, first off, uh, you can find me at Lone Desert Bones. Again, that is Lone Desert Bones on Twitter. Uh, I've got an album pretty much in the works. It should be released right around June or so. Uh, half the proceeds are going to 826LA, which is a local charity here in Los Angeles 
that uh, helps children uh, basically expand on their creative writing skills. The other half, of course, is going to go to recover my crippling gear debt. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's what awesome. <laughs> what's what's the nature of the album? Oh, so the nature of the album it's based around the show Critical Role on uh, Twitch and on the Geek and Sundry channel, where a bunch of nerdy ass voice actors play Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, yeah, it's my little homage to them, and also my little homage to their favorite charity because that was the charity that they first started up with uh, when they ran through the series. So uh, there will be about eight tracks, uh, all based around various uh, high points in the characters' story arcs. That sounds awesome. It's amazing, right? (laughs) And uh, it's a metal album. Uh, There's a little bit of soft parts and a little bit of sexiness happening, but mostly it's just uh, me getting out some really killer riffs while watching, uh, nerding out on some D&D. Yeah, it's it's just a shame that Matt Mercer had to voice the worst JoJo. <laughs> but we'll forgive him that for the sake of this. I'll forgive him. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> hey, if if you watch Redline, there is a shit ton of critical role uh, voices on there. So everyone go out and watch Redline because it's a fucking amazing movie. And you can support the voice actors that Ben is pseudo-supporting in the name of charity. Yes, so indeed. That's, that's a cool-ass thing. Yeah, it is. And I think that's going to close us out for this episode, huh? So just remember, hashtag sound engineer is garbage. Uh, I'll be responding uh, with sobbing and vodka. <laughs> and we wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> That's right. We we need uh, him to have a proper welcome to the WTF family. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Ben, for finding the time in super short notice to uh, come on and uh, talk about some gangsters. It was really fun having you on. Hell it yeah, was. I'm glad to be here. Come on back anytime, man. Oh, I may, I may. There are still some ideas that I want to throw at uh, Hadfield uh, for your both joy and disgust. I was lying. Don't come back. <laughs> it's too late. We've already brought him in for three more seasons. <laughs> it was rhetorical. It wasn't meant as an actual <laughs> offer. Stop it. We're done. It's fine. We've we've got a few more guests lined up before Ben does his uh, return trip. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, then, uh, Ben, until we, well, send sound files to you next time. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that'll close us out. Bye, guys. Later. Bye.